In a world where good news is hard to find, WAVA and One Heart DC present Good News for the City. We're here to share the good news of the gospel of Jesus Christ and what His body, the church, is doing to spread this good news in the Washington, D.C. metro area, including Northern Virginia, Maryland, and D.C. As Jesus said in John 17, Father, that they may be one just as we are one. Welcome to Good News for the City. folks and welcome to Good News for the City, the radio broadcast ministry partnership between WAVA Radio and One Heart DC, right here on life-changing talk radio, 105.1 FM WAVA. My name is Dennis Williams, I'm director of ministry relations for WAVA Radio and co-host of Good News for the City. Welcome to today's program. Folks, listen to this. Every pastor I know, every faithful church member I know, every church program or organization that I know have all faced some challenges that we're going to talk about today. And now, according to recent research, there are some disturbing trends, or should I say challenges, regarding church attendance, church funding, and church relevance. Man, are we still relevant, guys? We want to talk about that today. You know the drill. You know, we have a couple of guys here who are going to talk about those things. They develop a marketplace solution that can help churches increase impact, revenue, and work towards the social good. I think that's some good stuff. And, of course, to get us started and to introduce our guest for the day, I want to welcome my good friend and co-host of Good News for the City, Pastor Brian Bales. Dude, I get to see you again. I know. Thanks, man. Senior pastor of Christian Fellowship Church in Ashburn, Virginia. We are here, brother. Good to see you. God bless you guys. Well, thanks. I appreciate it. Glad to be here, especially as a lead pastor of a church. I'm definitely interested in hearing this. Myself, I've read the statistics, uh, personally experienced the challenge of what it's like, uh, to use the term, to compete in the marketplace uh, the way it used to be versus the way it needs to be to get the truth and the message of the gospel out, the most important thing we can ever do through the mechanism that God created called the church. Uh, sure. God still has a value sure. for the church. God still wants the church to do things. But sometimes uh, how we communicate that message to the church and how we do things uh, change. We, we don't do Pony Express anymore. Uh, in fact, you know, it's it's Indeed. funny even how we used to get excited that, that we got an email instead of a handwritten letter, and now we get excited when we get a handwritten letter instead of an email. <laughs> Communication styles change, but we understand the message of how the truth of the gospel is communicated, especially to the church, should not change. Amen. But how we do it, Amen. Uh, we, we have to look at it. And so I'm excited to have both Jake Abraham and Dan Mackett in here with us today. Let me tell you a little bit about people that are joining us here today. It's what I do almost in every one of our shows, so let's do it now. Uh, Jake was born in India and raised in India and the Philippines. After completing his engineering degree in Portland, Oregon, he served for two years with India Campus Crusade for Christ in Bangalore, India. And then on returning to Portland, he worked at a technology company while attending Multnomah Biblical Seminary. 2001, he and his wife Julie moved to Melbourne, Australia with Crew, uh, formerly known for some of you, Campus Crusade for Christ. And they led and launched movements on campuses around the city. Now in 2008, then, they moved to Crew's headquarters in Orlando, Florida uh, to serve with global leadership in South and Southeast Asia. Uh, fast forward a few years, 2011, he founded Indus Forum, a think tank that works with the Indian American community, the Indian government, and the U.S. government. Uh, 2017, he and his family moved here to the Washington, D.C. metro area to serve in partnership with churches and leaders as they pursue gospel transformation in the city. Now, 
in his partnership with Crew, he actually works with One Heart DC. We know one of the sponsors mm-hmm. with WAVA of, of this show called Good News for the City. And there's trust in God to see God, the gospel transform lives, especially here in the Washington metro area. He also serves as the president of the Indus Forum on the leadership of the Advanced Initiative Church Planning Network and is a senior fellow at the Sagamore Institute. He and his wife uh, live in Northern Virginia, and they have four children. Dan, on the other hand, uh, after graduating from the University of Wisconsin with degrees in marketing and supply chain management, he spent two years as a management consultant in Chicago and in Madison. And after consulting, he and his wife, Alyssa, moved to the D.C. area for Dan to serve as International Justice Missions College Mobilization Manager. Many of you are familiar with IGM, IJM and their work here uh, yes. in the Washington, D.C. area yes. and certainly yeah, yeah. around the world. In this role, he's helped to lead over 90 IJM campus chapters around the country as they follow God's call to seek justice for the oppressed. He is passionate about the intersection of evangelism, justice, and entrepreneurship. Uh, he's had a vision for the Redemption Collective for the last four years, and God has recently opened doors to bring this vision to life. And he's very excited uh, to start serving as the co-founder. And so, well, I'm worn out already. By yeah, the way, yeah, there's, there's I mean, a lot. I wish these guys would get off the couch. <laughs> Hold on, do something. I man. think I need to take a drink so, just to break it. Great to be here. Well, let's talk about those trends, uh, Jake, that Dennis mentioned. Can you share with us the, those numbers, or um, maybe it'd be better for you, Dan, to do that um, that he was referring to? Yeah, absolutely. So first off, uh, three-fourths of of Americans won't regularly set foot in a church building. And so what that tells us is for churches, if 75% of your neighbors aren't likely to set foot in in your building to come and hear the gospel, to, to witness sacrificial community, how do you reach them? Where do you go to reach them? And we know that that these people are regularly interacting with the marketplace. Mm-hmm. And so the question becomes, how do we equip the congregation? How do we cr- equip Christ followers to be out in the marketplace and reach these people so that they can hear the gospel and come to church and be a part of this community? Now, the second st- uh, stat that kind of goes right along with this is, is 84% of millennials, um, age 18 to 29, say that they don't know how the Bible relates to their work mm-hmm. or profession. Mm-hmm. So 84% of, of these yeah. people yeah. are following Jesus, are in the workplace more than 40 hours a week, yet they don't have a vision for the total gospel transformation that God is wanting to bring in their workplace, not only yeah. to reach their peers, but also have ripple effects for the kingdom all over the world. Yes. And so the opportunity for the church is how do we equip and disciple these eager and yearning uh, uh, attendance and, and, and believers to go out and have new vision for what God might do in their workplace to reach these 75% of people that aren't going to come to church. And I find mm-hmm. that interesting because when we go back to Scripture, the one who created work and put him in the garden mm-hmm. was God. So God clearly has a plan of what it means to be redemptive in the midst of our work. Amen. But I think over mm-hmm. time what happens in my life and maybe in others is we get used to doing certain things a certain way, yes. mm-hmm. and we yes. fall in love with methodologies instead of the mission or the message behind the methodology. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so specifically, uh, as a leader of a local church, as I said, lead pastor Christian Fellowship Church in Ashburn, uh, we, we deal with this sort of idea of what it looks like uh, to be the church with people. And mm-hmm. in, in some ways, I, I'd like to talk about a, a term like traditional church that may be missing the mark here. Now, I use the term traditional, and many people have different sort of um, definitions of that. And so I remember a professor once saying, Brian, you must define your terms before mm-hmm. you talk about it. <laughs> that's right. So let's define our terms. Uh, maybe that's you, Jake. Tell us what, what we're talking about here when we use the term traditional church model. 
Yeah, Brian, that's a great question. Um, you know, tradition, I, I actually like the term traditional, but when you think about traditional, you've got to think about both uh, recent tradition, mm-hmm. yeah. but then you also have to talk about historic tradition. Right. And so I actually like going back. we gotta, we go got to go back to our roots with yeah. the historical tradition of the church and going back to – to how even when you think about how the original church did church, you know, in the book of Acts, you see uh, they went from house to house, and each mm-hmm. house represents a community. It's a, they were embedded in the community. They did their gatherings. They didn't have a particular location, like a church building necessarily. They met in the temple. Or they went met at, at homes, and so they were very engaged in in communities. Right. Now, having said that, I want to say that you know when you think about recent tradition, we tend to um, uh, churches have tended to to function around particular locations. So it could mm-hmm. be a church building, right. for example. Uh, and that doesn't mean that traditional churches in the in the recent tradition aren't doing good work. There's incredible churches doing incredible work out there. Sure. But if you look back at the history of the church, the church has functioned very much where they're engaging with the, the community and embedded in the community. And right? so for this uh, conversation, in traditional church, we may see this sort of uh, old-fashioned idea. If you grew up in Sunday school, say, here's the church, here's the steeple, open the door, and there's right. all the people, right? <laughs> right. Yeah. right. The assumption yeah. is is that when the door opens, people are going to meet the people. Yeah. They're going to come in. <laughs> right. You know, And we deal with the, the statistics yeah. that Dan already talked about. That That's not reality. That's right. Yeah. So yeah. how are some of those sort of models that we see some working, some that way, but uh, it, by and large, that tends to be the exception, not right. the rule. And they, how are they missing the mark there? Yeah, you know, it's interesting. And I um, I think the role of the church is particularly to be in the community. Mm-hmm. I mean, we are a body, but we are a body uh, that's embedded in, in the mm-hmm. world, not of the world, right? Yeah. And one of my favorite examples, one of my heroes of the faith, is a gentleman named William Carey. And many people yeah, probably don't Sherry. know William yeah. Carey in this day and age, but William Carey was a father of modern missions, Mm -hmm. and he went to my home country of India. And one of the amazing things about William Carey is he is, of course, well-known for translating the Bible into 40-plus languages, the regional languages in India. But what people don't know often about William Carey is the man did so much more to engage the nation. Mm -hmm. So he introduced the steam engine into India horticulture into India, astronomy into India. He's, he started schools for women in, in India. I, I come from Portland, Oregon, the land of tree huggers, and he was the original <laughs> tree hugger because he yeah. lobbied for the conservation of forests in Burma. And so he had this long impact. In fact, in 1993, India, which is a predominantly Hindu nation, actually issued a postage stamp in William Carey's honor. And so that witness that he had, because he actually engaged into this world uh, that he lived in and into Mm -hmm. the Indian nation, I think that's a great example of how we as a church can and should operate today. We we go back to uh, the Great Commission, right? And notice it says, go and make disciples, not wait and have them come and be That's disciples. Exactly. There's, <laughs> right. there's, right. there, there's a – if we're going to go back to Greek yeah. class, right, Dennis? There's, it's an Are imperative. Sure? It's That's not right. a suggestion. As you go, right? It's, the go is not if you feel comfortable. The go is not if it's convenient. It's an That's imperative true. call Very That's right. in, in that yeah. way. Yeah. And sometimes what we do is we like to, to kind of move the chairs around. The old statement is on the Titanic while it's sinking. And, and, and not every traditional model is sinking, so I don't want to infer that right. at all. But sometimes we think that solution is, okay, let's just make our church gathering more comfortable, more appealing, more lights, more camera, more action, more 
whatever it might be, mm-hmm. in whatever sort of faith tradition, that evangelical faith tradition you might have. And, and we've already just said, hey, that falls short in lots of ways because lots of times we're just preaching to the choir. Mm-hmm. We're moving sheep from one pen to the other, but we're not reaching the people who don't know Jesus. That's right. And there's not really any success for a church that says, I grow on the basis of getting more Christians who went to other places instead of the true success is making disciples both after they're converted and bringing people into the kingdom through the work of the Holy Spirit and how he uses us. Mm-hmm. So you say that uniting the church with the marketplace is a solution to that quandary and that challenge. Can you dive into that a little bit more? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So, you know, I'd start by saying it's it's a solution. You know, it's 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 one of many sure, great sure. things that churches can do to get out in the community. And, and I appreciate and reach. that, by the way, that you said, hey, this isn't the only way to do it. That's right. Uh, but it is a solution. Yeah, yeah. And so, you know, a couple different thoughts here. First, first being, what would it look like for uh, church planners and, and, and pastors and, and leaders within churches to have their spaces actually be part of a marketplace where their neighbors are coming to Monday mm-hmm. through Saturday. Right. So how can churches actually create marketplace spaces that generate revenue for the church, but also provide a comfortable avenue for neighbors and people in the city to come gather there as they normally would and are to give people a chance to meet and connect develop those relationships where actually the gospel can actually be proclaimed and then take root and then come uh, to church. So the sec- so that there's a there's a whole sphere of what does it look like for churches to start rethinking their space instead of okay this is simply a building for ministry on Sunday rather what could it be what could it look like to actually be a marketplace space Monday through Saturday Saturday and then have the church meet there on Sunday. Mm. Then I think the second aspect of this is what is it look what what types of programs and initiatives can we start to really help churches unleash that potential of their congregants to go out and be the light of Christ in the workplace in the marketplace that they've already established and part of that is actually seeing kingdom minded entrepreneurs kingdom minded missionaries who are in the business world doing that right now and so what types of programs and and things can we create to really demonstrate and train you know, people in the faith to go out uh, and be a light for Christ. Now I got a note here that I wrote down. It talks about this idea of coffee, co-working, and accelerator. Is that is that one of the things that you were just talking about? Yep. Yeah, absolutely. So this is our first pilot project where we're actually going to be working with churches to develop their space into a, a coffee shop, a co-working space, and a, and a kingdom-minded uh, business accelerator. So the coffee shop will actually be justice-oriented in that we're going to be employing uh, men and women who are returning from returning to society from prison. So what would it look like for the church to provide discipleship and job training in a community for these returning citizens mm-hmm. to grow and develop in in gospel gospel rootedness? And so this coffee shop serves as a place for again church members and pastors to be regularly serving and interacting with people in their community who are, instead of going to Starbucks are going to come to Redemption Coffee. The second the second space is uh, uh, Redemption Coworking which is you know there's a phenomenon with WeWork and Spaces and other co-working spaces that are doing an amazing job bringing entrepreneurs together but how can the church bring entrepreneurs together in the city who are again longing for gospel vision of how they can actually implement the gospel in their their new business venture. And so this co-working space will offer discipleship classes for entrepreneurs to explore the integration of the gospel into that particular 
business that God is calling them to. And then the last uh, bit is the accelerator, which is actually going to be pairing um, investors in the city who have a heart to to fuel gospel movements and to fuel social good with entrepreneurs who have ideas but may just not have access to the capital or the connections. And so it'll be a four-month discipleship and business training program to take entrepreneurs with an idea of how can I leverage this business for social good and kingdom impact. Um, and by the end of the four months, they'll be launched into the city, to the city to help churches and, and to help reach their community with the gospel. Jennifer went, uh, my wife and I have been to Thailand a couple of times and it was interesting when you said the coffee, uh, redemption coffee, um, the, the, we worked with women who had been sold into the sex trades mm-hmm. and there was a group in Thailand called nightlight. Mm. They've, they've put together and they, and when you said coffee, it kind of, I perked up a little bit, not because of the coffee, by the way, <laughs> but because I was interested. Very punny. Uh, <laughs> very punny. Um, but, um, they did something very similar because mm-hmm. they trained these ladies. Yep. They rescued them out of that, mm. um, this nightlight group. And then put them to work in the coffee shop and also a jewelry making kind of industry. So it sounds sort of like that. And that's very exciting stuff because it's worked well in Thailand for those folks. Amen. Yeah. And there's some opportunity locally, right, with some local church that you're in the process with of, of making this come from just theory that we talk about uh, in a business plan or yeah. an objective plan or on a radio show called Good News for the City yeah. to reality. Mm-hmm. Could you kind of catch us up maybe what's happening in some of those areas or those projects? Yeah, so yeah, we're in some some conversations with, with churches in the city who have this, this vision of better reaching their neighborhood and better equipping their congregants. And so I think as we think about developing this Redemption Collective space, that core component is it's going to be completely paired with a local church who has this vision bought in. Because mm-hmm. this is not just another business. This is not just another venture. Sure. But it's it's sure. it's really mm-hmm. us coming alongside a church with amazing vision and, and, and amazing opportunity for how they want to reach their neighborhood and providing some of the tools and the resources to actually make that happen. So it's really an integration between, hey, here's this idea. Let's actually come alongside a church mm-hmm. to make this happen. And all of that particular coming along in the training aspect. So, uh, you know, I have three degrees. You know, one of them is a doctoral degree in education and ministry. But not one singular ministry class ever taught me how to run a business. Mm-hmm. Amen right? on and that so we have, yeah. we have lots yeah. of people out there who have good kingdom mindsets for the kingdom, especially pastors and, and local church leaders and elders, but maybe lack – um, the training lack uh, the things that are needed to move it for something that's an idea to actually make that happen. And and I know mm-hmm. as a pastor, I have so many things on my plate. The idea of learning one more thing is often a bit, <laughs> where am I going to fit that in? Right. And yeah, so the absolutely. fact that, that you provide an opportunity to come in and do that on behalf yep. and not have to go and do that, it's an amazing opportunity. Mm-hmm. Now, there's several different types of layers here, different you know depths, so to speak. What are some of the partnerships and, and who are some of the, the people and important sort of mm-hmm. players involved here? Yeah, uh, and Dan alluded to that a little bit. I mean, the uh, primary partner is the church. Yeah. So, and that shows up in multiple levels, right? So, you have the local church, like this church that we're partnering with and in launching uh, the Redemption Collective. And so, every church at a local level has a heart for their community, wanting ways to reach that community. So, that's one piece. The other piece is actually the collective church in the city. Mm-hmm. So, that's where. Working with One Heart DC, bringing people together. There's something very unique that happens, I think, when God brings the people of God together. There's a unique pouring out of the Spirit, I think, that comes together. And so how do we bring that expertise? How do we bring the resources together? I think on the third level, there's actually a national movement and Mm -hmm. actually a global movement in many ways that's asking these same questions. And the question they're asking is how do we – 
uh, to some level break um, or allow Jesus to – Jesus isn't contained within the four walls of a church. Amen. And so how yeah. do we allow him to – and the beauty of all that he is. In fact, one of my favorite people is a gentleman named Abraham Kuyper, who was a uh, theologian but also prime minister of um, the Netherlands. And he would always say there's not a square inch that the sovereign God does not look on where he does not say that's mine. Mm. And so at some level, we're looking at – and it doesn't matter what we're involved with. It could be business. It could be education. It could be politics. Whatever it is, that belongs to Jesus. Yeah. And, and Jesus isn't contained in the four walls of a church. Yeah, the spheres of influence for the kingdom is everywhere. We talk about this often on the show that there is no divide between mm. sacred and secular. That's yeah. right. Yeah. Uh, there isn't my family life and my following Jesus life. There mm. isn't my work life and my following yeah. Jesus life. And going to many of the other spheres of influences uh, that come out that we too often wrongly uh, dissect into different areas in that way. Now, I want to ask this question. I'm always hesitant because uh, there's a scripture that says that man plans, but God has different, you know, that sort of stuff. Right. And so I, I know that humbly you have a vision for what God's going to do through Redemption Collective. Uh, mm-hmm. But we also know God sometimes goes, hey, I love that. I got other plans. <laughs> That's right? right. So with that humility yeah, there yeah, said, yeah. what does that grand vision, so to speak, mm-hmm. look like for the impact of Redemption Collective that we'll have in the DMV? What, what would you say, man? That is that is that is at least from what God has shown me so far. This looks like kingdom impact. Yeah, Amen. Yeah, I appreciate how you phrased that. And I think when I when I when I get excited about about this vision, it's what if two things? What if one hundreds of of entrepreneurs who are longing for more kingdom impact, but just don't have that opportunity, are unleashed into the city to actually come alongside hundreds of churches to have businesses that are helping those churches reach people in their community? What if hundreds of entrepreneurs are unleashed out to start businesses that are actually bringing people to know Jesus? Yeah. And, mm-hmm. and then the second thing is, what, what would it look like for us to actually come alongside new church planners, pair them with entrepreneurs to go into a neighborhood and have a completely different vision of what, what, what would it look like to reach this community. I just think that – and the community is actually going to be encouraged by what the church is doing because it's going to have justice and social good components. Mm-hmm. So that so that hopefully neighbors are like actually excited that, hey, we, we have this community spot where we can come and we're, we're a part of and we're pouring into. Yeah. I, I like that. That uh, Not that I, I was expecting not to like it. I certainly was expecting <laughs> to like it, but I even liked it even more when I heard it out of your mouth. Now, um, if people want to know more uh, about how to get involved with Redemption Collective and that sort of thing, uh, where should we tell them to go? Yeah, at the moment you can go to oneheartdc.org, yeah. and there's going to be information website. you yeah, do. That's that. right. Yeah. <laughs> so that's probably the best place to, to get started. And then uh, feel free to, to – there'll be information on there and how mm-hmm. to contact us. And if there's any ways that we can even start a conversation with you, we'd mm-hmm. love to do that. Yeah. Well, guys, I just personally have to say thanks for coming in and sharing this. We, more than a few times uh, in our time together over the last couple of years, been on the air now, which is strange to think. It's been almost a couple of years. Um, we've had people they put come up in, with us that long. Yeah, <laughs> we've had people come in and talk about uh, the false walls we put up between uh, entrepreneurship or business and the gospel. Right. And this intersection of how God is certainly opening up the doors to say, look, it is go and make disciples, hmm. not wait for them to come in and be discipled. Mm-hmm. So thanks for just clearly articulating that and, yes. uh, and yes. challenging us to remind yes. us that um, in this day, in this age, the truth of the gospel never changes. Yep. But how we go and reach the world around us, we need to be looking at it day in and day out to make sure we are being the people who are being obedient to the call of Jesus Christ in our life. Yeah, man, Amen. you said it well, brother. Methods may change. The message never does. Hmm. Thank you both. God bless you for being Thank here, you. man. This was 
it's just too quick, isn't it? Mm. I mean, yeah. it feels like we ought to be talking more, and because we, we love talking. Right? Well, that <laughs> we can do that. Hey, we can do that. So anyway, thank you again. God bless you. We'll have thank you guys you. back, and uh, I'm sure you're going to be making some connections locally. We'll have you back to talk about that, folks. If you want to hear this program again, go to goodnewsforthecity.com. That's goodnewsforthecity.com. Or you can go to wava.com, put in the keyword good news, look on our podcasting page. Again, you can go to oneheartdc.org, look up these guys, Jake and Dave, and the Redemptive Redemption Collective. Yeah, you almost right? said Ren Collective. I could tell it was about to come out of your mouth, but we got it right. I know right. it will, man. Yeah, it's going it. to happen. Or if you're old school like me or old school like me, you can give me a call. You got to stop using that line. That's just killing me, though. It's really bad. Man. Yeah, but, but 703 807 2266. Thank you, guys. God bless you. Thank, Thank you for you. joining Thank us. You. We'll see you again next week. And remember, it's the gospel that makes a way. It's the gospel, the gospel that makes a way. Thank you for joining us and listening to Good News for the City, a gospel partnership between WAVA and One Heart DC. This is a partnership movement which celebrates and seeks to accelerate the move of the gospel into the Washington, D.C. metro area. It is our prayer that through this radio broadcast ministry of Good News for the City, we will see transformed lives and communities and more and more people responding to the good news of the gospel of Jesus Christ. We want to help bring unity to Bible-believing people and churches in order to multiply our impact in our city, and we would love for you to join us. You can learn more at goodnewsforthecity.com. That's goodnewsforthecity.com. Or you can go to wava.com keyword good news. Or you can call us at 703-807-2266. 703-807-2266. And remember, it's the gospel that makes a way.